Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. We are still in our series. Um, we're teaching about God's Word for today and how it is uh, relevant. And tonight our subject is Pentecost, whether or not the day of Pentecost is still relevant. And so I entitled this message, The Days of Pentecost. And the reason I entitled it that way is we're still living in the days of Pentecost. God is still pouring out his spirit on all flesh. He can cross all denominal lines, all races, all continents. Literally millions of people are receiving the Holy Ghost every day. Now, you may not see that on the news, but it's still big news in heaven. People are still repenting. People are still being baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. They're still receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Can I get an amen? God is still doing great things. Amen. So I'll, uh, Brother, I'm just kidding now. I'm going to preface this by saying I'm just kidding. Brother John Matson told me tonight, he said, you can speak, preach as long as you want, but we're all leaving at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so he picked the right preacher. So here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 16, if you'd stand in honor of God's word. Deuteronomy 16, two verses I want to read in your hearing. Deuteronomy 16, 16. Three times in a year shall all the males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. In the feast of unleavened bread, the feast of weeks, the feast of tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty, meaning they will bring an offering. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he has given thee. Three times a year for three religious feasts that he listened. And here they are again. The feast of unleavened bread, which is the Passover, the Feast of Weeks, which is the Feast of Pentecost, or the Feast of Harvest, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So three times a year, if you're a Jew, no matter where you live, you have to come to the designated place, which is Jerusalem, and you have to appear before God. That's how important it is, okay? The Days of Pentecost. Thank you, you may be seated. Now, the significance of that is this. God is organized. He is a planner. He knows the end from the beginning, not the beginning to the end. I'll try and make you think a little bit. But he sees things from the end back toward the beginning. He knows how this all ends. And he sets it up. And this is one of the ways that he sets up Pentecost. When the church is born on the day of Pentecost, he has all the Jews in Jerusalem. 
Do you remember? We're going to read about it here. I'm going to show you this. But I, first I want to give you a panoramic view of how God does things. He knows that they have to be there for the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is the Passover. He knows that 50 days later they must again be there for the Feast of Pentecost. And so knowing that they all have to be there, he's going to give them a demonstration of something he has never done before. Knowing that when they experience it and hear about it, when they go back to where they came from, they're going to be spreading it. They're going to be telling everybody, do you hear what happened in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost? This miraculous thing happened where these people were speaking languages that they had never learned. This message of salvation that was preached by a disciple named Peter had 3,000 conversions on the first day. That message is going to be spread, why? Because he brought them all there to the same city where he could give them a demonstration that would cause them to go out and spread the gospel. No television, no radio, no iPads, no internet, just word of mouth. Now, here's another thing that I, in preparing this lesson that I, that I found significant. To help us understand what the Feast of Pentecost is, the Feast of Pentecost is also known as the Feast of Harvest. It's the Harvest Feast. We have a Harvest Feast and we call it Thanksgiving. We, in, in the last weekend of November, or somewhere near the last weekend of November, we have a Thanksgiving Day, which originated way back when, when our country was first founded and had such difficulty in its early survival where people had to rely on one another. Even the pilgrims and the Indians had to get along and help one another. And then at the, at the conclusion of the harvest, they would thank God for the bounty that they had. And so they decided, well, what are we gonna call this, this harvest? We're gonna call it thanksgiving. Or giving thanks for what God has done and what God has provided. Now the word Pentecost itself, the word penta means 50. So 50 days from the Passover is when the day of Pentecost takes place, okay? This is, I'm just giving you some basic, uh, basic information here. So if you want to understand what, in comparison, we have, it's Thanksgiving. I'll tell you this about Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Think about it. You don't have to buy any gifts. It's not a drunken brawl. It's just a meal with family and loved ones and giving of thanks. I don't know what you do at, at your Thanksgiving, but traditionally we try to have a time of, what are you most thankful for? What has God done for you that you're thankful for? And go around the table. You don't have any other holidays like that one that are so uncommercialized and, and just the giving of thanks. So Thanksgiving is very, very important to us and the Feast of Pentecost to them. Philippians 4 and 19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory 
by Christ Jesus. So we know where our bounty and where our provision comes from. Therefore, we give him thanks, not just on Thanksgiving. Not just on Thanksgiving, but we should be, I read it on the wall over here the other day. Uh, I thought it was unique. Um, I have people all the time say, boy, I just wish I knew the will of God. Any of you ever say that? I wish I knew the will of God. I'm here tonight to tell you what the will of God is. You ready? In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There, you just discovered the will of God. In everything, give thanks. That's the will of God. If you go through a storm, give thanks. He's keeping you while you're in the storm. If you're going through a trial, give thanks. Thanks, Lord, I'm glad you're here. Even if I don't feel your presence, I know what your word says. I can't trust in my emotions, but I can trust in your word. So I give you thanks for being with me and for taking me through this trial. Our greatest need is God. He's all we need. I want to read this to you. I'm speaking about Pentecost here. John 14 and verse 15. If you love me, then keep my commandments. I will pray the Father. He will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. For he dwelleth with you, who dwelt with them. And he shall be in you. And then he turns around and, he, and he, he's really talking about himself here. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I'm in my Father. You are in me and I am in you. So he professes to be the comforter. He professes to be the spirit of truth. He professes to be the spirit of God. And he prophesies to them and tells them that now he's with them, but he shall be in them. Big difference in my opinion. The Old Testament, God was much more visible in the things that he did than he is in the New Testament. He does things invisibly. We see the reaction of what he does, but we don't see the visibles of God that we see in the Old Testament. God speaks to them. God gives them the law. He instructs them. But everything about their relationship is external. He says in his Old Testament that he will put his law in their hearts he prophesies about what he's going to do, but he doesn't do it. But here, even in Jesus' ministry, he's letting them know that there is going to be a great change in their lives 
because he is going to be not just with them, he is going to be in them. Going to be in them. So let's take a look here. Let's go over to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read Acts 2 before I read Hebrews 10. Just the first verse of Acts chapter 2 says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Now, the ascension takes place seven days before the day of Pentecost. He tells them where to go and wait for the promise until they be endued with power from on high, right? So they are in an upper room for seven days together. Now this is just an idea I have, so if you don't like it, throw it away. It took them seven days in one place to get in one accord. Again, if God sees the end toward the beginning, he gets them in an upper room seven days before the day of Pentecost because he knows it's going to take them seven days to get in one accord. Otherwise, he'd, he could send them up there a day or two or hours before. It takes a long time for the church to get in one accord. Have you ever considered that? Do you know even on a Sunday morning, I'm, I'm, this is, maybe it's just me, but I appreciate the time that we spend in prayer before a 10 o'clock service. I think it's vital. I don't think you can walk into the Holy of Holies at quarter after 10 and say, well, I just walked right into, somebody is lighting the fire. Somebody is burning the incense. Something has gone up to God to create an atmosphere. Somebody's paying. Somebody's getting in one accord here. And I want to be a part of that, don't you? I want to be a part of the people that are creating an atmosphere that is pleasing to God. But it takes time. You just don't walk in and from the first, it'll take us 15, 20 minutes to even get with a worship service sometimes. Well, it took them seven days to get in one accord. And we're going to have to be willing to spend some time, seven days, not seven minutes, to get in one accord. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's important for us to be in the house of God and to be faithful to what God is doing. My pastor used to say, when the doors are open, you should be in. That's the way he said it. When the doors are open, you should be in. Let's be, and I know I'm preaching to the choir. Here you are on a hot night. You've worked all day and here you are in the house of God. I'm preaching to the choir. I know that. So I'm complimenting you. Receive a compliment. Thank you for your faithfulness. But it takes a while to get in one accord. Acts 2 and 4 says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now here's where I said, remember I said it was all set up. This is one of the three feasts where all the males must appear. 
Verse 5 says there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. This is significant, folks. Don't just read over this and miss it. He has set the stage. Every nation is represented on the day of Pentecost. Everybody's going to hear it at the same time. He calls them Jews and he calls them devout. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because every man heard them speaking in his own language. And then it lists the nations and their question as to how can these people do this. Who has the keys to the kingdom? Peter. Who's going to be the spokesman on the day of Pentecost? Peter. So what happens if we drop down to verse 14? The spirit has been poured out and they don't understand. But Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and he said unto them, You men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants, my handmaidens, I will pour out on those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This is that. This is what was prophesied in the Old Testament. And for the first time, the first of millions of times, God is pouring out his spirit just as he said he would. Because God wants to do an inside job in every one of our lives. He was working from the outside trying to get to the inside. Now he's working from the inside trying to get to the outside. That's why there needs to be patience with people. We don't need to compromise our standard of holiness, but we have to be patient with people and understand that we need to get God on the inside and let him work from the inside to the outside. He had Jews that were perfect in holiness on the outside, but they were impure on the inside. Aren't you glad that God has filled you with his Holy Spirit and that he can speak to you and bring you conviction and can bring the word of God to life to people and, and cause them to know what they need to do? And so it's an inside job that God prefers to do in our lives. The Holy Spirit provides all that we lack. I've, uh, I want to read this to you before I, I prove this to you, that the Spirit of God provides all that we lack. John 16 and 13 says, When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you, not force you, into all truth. We need more than just the truth. We need the Spirit. Because the Spirit will lead us into all truth. 
God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There has to be that balance. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. We need the Spirit of God to lead and guide us. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Yeah, had a message, okay. If that's God, you better take the call right now. So the Spirit of God provides all that we lack, all that we lack. Did you notice the 12 disciples? Let me bring a few points to light for your consideration. How many times did the disciples lack understanding concerning Jesus' teaching? We don't get it. We don't, we don't understand what you're trying to illustrate to us. Even when he spoke in parables, a lot of times, explain to us the parable. We didn't get it. They lacked understanding. Why? They did not yet have the Holy Spirit inside of them. They were using only their own human reasoning and understanding. See, there's the problem. The problem is, is that if, if all we have is ourselves, we lack everything that we need. Because everything that we need comes from the Spirit of God, which is an internal relationship. In our hearts, in our mind, spirit, soul, and body, we need Jesus on the inside. We lack understanding, it's because we don't have the Holy Ghost. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. Is that not what the Scripture says? Because they're spiritually discerned. How can you understand spiritual things if you don't have the Spirit? How many times did the disciples fail Jesus? Why do they keep failing? The only power they have is their own. They need God's Spirit. And finally, there's a hole in everybody's soul. Something is missing in every one of our lives. And we are trying to fill it with something when we should be trying to fill it with someone. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. What is your question? We need Jesus on the inside. We all need a Pentecost. We all need to be filled with the Spirit of God. This is not just for a few. The Bible said the promise is unto you and to your children, to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now he calleth all men to repentance. God's calling everybody. He's no respecter of persons. So the same promise that comes to you is available to everyone else as well. So don't let people tell you, well, you know, God has a few select that speak in tongues, that receive the Holy Spirit, that have special gifts. No, that's not true. The promise is for all of us. 
We just need to embrace the promises of God. We need to tune in to God's frequency. Have you ever listened to a, I remember when I was, a, I've, I've told you this, when I would go to bed at night because we were in school and baseball was still going on, I'd have my little orange transistor radio. And if you bumped the dial and you were not on 620, you got a bunch of static. You don't want static. You want a clear sound. Is anybody preaching with me? We need to tune in until we hear the voice of God. And the static will be gone. You don't have to fight the static. You just need to tune into the frequency. And our God is a frequent God. He's frequent. We need to tune into his frequency. That's why I, I've quoted this earlier, but I quote it again. As many as led, are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There it is again. Do you believe that we can all be sons and daughters of God? Then we need to be led of the Spirit. And God has a right. Now, remember how I began? I began by saying that God is organized. And he knows the end from the beginning. I think it's okay to get up in the morning with a plan. I have a plan. We all have calendars. We all have duties. But there are going to be some divine interruptions every day. And when it happens, go with it. Go with it. God may say to you, hey, I want you to call this person and offer them a word of encouragement. And at an appropriate time, you can call them. Just say, you know what? I just felt like I needed to give you a call today. Is there anything I can pray with you about? Is there anything you need? You were on my mind. Can the Spirit of God not do that? And inter Well, I, sorry, God, I don't have time for that right now. Don't shut your orange transistor radio off. <laughs> Keep the frequency on. Make the call. Do, it, do what God asks you to do. Here's where we're going to stop tonight. Pentecost, 33 AD, is the church's birthday. In Acts 2 and 41, it does not say that everybody responded to the truth favorably that day. It does not. But it does say in Acts 2.41, then they that gladly received his word, they were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And these 3,000 souls continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. That's what they did. There was doctrine. There was fellowship. There was eating. And there was praying. And because of this, fear came on every soul, 
And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things common. They were willing to sell their possessions and goods, and they parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking of bread from house to house, and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So here it is. If we are the church of Jesus Christ, we must remain apostolic in our doctrine, Pentecostal in our experience. Don't back up on either one. Don't back up on either one. Tell people, hey, God's still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Hey, the greatest high you can ever have is not on marijuana. It's not on drugs. You don't need a new girlfriend. You don't need a new man. You need to be a new man. You need to be a new woman. You need to know what the word of God has to say. You need to hear his frequency. Know his voice and his will for your life. You need a Pentecost. You need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that will fill the hole in your soul. Let's stand together. Praise God. Do you remember when you first received the Holy Ghost? I, I know I did. I, I think the two events in my life that I will never forget in my relationship with God was the day that I took his name in baptism and I felt so clean as my sins were washed away. I'm never going to forget that. What a great feeling it is. What a great experience it is to know, according to the word of God, that your sins are washed away. Is there anything greater than that? And, and, and have you ever had a greater experience, a greater high than receiving God's spirit and being full of the Holy Ghost to the point you can't even speak the language that you're familiar with? Is there a greater experience than that? I don't think so. But you know the really good thing about it is Pentecost is not a one-time thing. I got this car, and I changed the oil every 3,000 miles. Maybe I don't need to. Maybe I could get by with four or five. But I learned a long time ago that if you take your car in and you keep the oil changed, that car's going to run for a long time. And it's going to run well if you keep the fluid levels and some, just some real basic, inexpensive maintenance done on it. The same is true with our spiritual life. When the preacher, I don't care who the preacher is, when the preacher says, let's come to the altar tonight. Maybe you need an oil change. Maybe you need a refilling. I, I'm so glad I don't have to go to the gas station and put five bucks of gas in anymore. I can just say, fill her up. Quick trip card. Get a fill up. Let's be faithful to the altar. Let's remain filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God. This altar's open tonight. Why don't you find a place to pray? Tell God how much you appreciate him tonight and receive all he has for you. 
Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.